The Bedroom Producing Podcast, Season 1, Episode 9. Welcome to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. If you're a bedroom producer and you want to release tracks, perfect your workflow, or explore a new creative process, then this is the podcast for you. Today's guest is Josh Crespo out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Josh and I are going to be talking about making multiple streams of income as a producer, some great tips for working with a simple bedroom studio, and also some great tips for your social media following. Josh, thanks for coming and and welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 100%. It's cool to be here. Yeah, so um, I was wondering if you would uh, just give me like the two-minute version of what your musical background is and then kind of how you got into the music production side of things. Uh, yeah, so I started playing guitar when I was eight. Um, my grandpa was giving me lessons and then kind of didn't touch it for a while and around 13, 14, picked it up again and just kind of made it my own and started learning covers and was in a a band from like 15 until... 21 and after that you know i'm 30 now so for the last nine years or so kind of been making my own stuff and really started producing with my own setup about three years ago now at this point finally got a macbook and everything and started making beats and putting them on soundcloud and nobody was listening and now we're here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's great man that's great yeah i could hear uh, a couple of your tracks that i really liked that i was listening to were were blue and red Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and i think they both had guitar in them do you remember if you you played live in those oh yeah yeah those are off of colors and uh yeah yeah that was all like live guitar stuff um blue was a chord progression that my grandpa had taught me and then he got sick back in 2019 and uh so i made that song after he taught me that i think he was in the hospital at the time and then i showed him the song um and then red was something from around that time period too but yeah been those chords i've been playing for a long time that's an that's an awesome story man that's really cool is there is there any particular um guitar set style you would say you subscribe to um, I mean, I do a lot of bar chords and I'll, I like to add a lot of, uh, a lot of harmonies with like my, my octaves and stuff to the chords that I play. I like John Fushante a lot, uh, the Hot Chili Peppers old guitarist. Um, so, you know, more of a melodic stuff, I suppose yeah. I would say, um, you know, you probably could give a better synopsis after listening to those couple tracks, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I love the love the Chili Peppers too, man. That's a Heck yeah. great band for sure. So, can you tell me a little bit about how you would kind of describe your music now, though? That you're a producer mm. as well. Um, yeah, a lot of it now is definitely trap slash hip hop influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I would say definitely like that Colors EP was a little bit more hip hop than trap. There wasn't. I didn't even know how to do 808s properly back then. But uh yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I have out with other with other artists and stuff is definitely way more trappy. Um so I guess that's my my catalog or my resume at this point. But uh yeah, I'll you know, I'll kind of make whatever, just jump in there and, and just have fun and see what comes out. But yeah. yeah, the trap stuff is the most commercial, I suppose. Trap with guitar, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's uh 
definitely uh well it, the worlds are coming together right but that's definitely yeah. a shift so is that yeah. what what caused you to kind of shift over in that direction mm, i think actually a lot of it was a uh, a lot of somatics free packs um kind of when i expound like you know, i don't want to say like exhausted the idea of like guitar, like the colors type of stuff but i was just kind of looking for new different sounds and their free kits made it super easy for me to uh to start kind of learning how to make trap music even if yeah. the mix wasn't super solid and nothing was hitting really really good yeah. um but yeah they they were a big influence in that and then for the past couple of years now i've probably been fleshing out that sound to get it to sound how i want it to in my head yeah that's awesome man that's awesome yeah yeah so free uh, kits and so that I, I adopted that model myself you know with yeah. guitar and stuff giving free guitar loops away you started doing the the beat making and everything um you talked about getting 808s to sound proper what are you what are some of your thoughts on how to how to do that um well recently i've actually i uh i was taking mixing classes uh with my mentor his name's john mclucas and he does a lot of pop and hip-hop records for people um at like really high quality high quality work and uh for the longest time i just thought you know like like every other trap producer or hip-hop producer just you know just let them clip let the 808s clip and just go well um I mean, it works, but there's like gain staging is like your best friend. So let that 808 sit, you know, a little bit lower than your kick. Make sure that kick is punching through. So there's a little bit of room for that. But, you know, a lot of guys will just tell you, just let them clip, which is fine. But then there's no headroom for the artist. Um, and of course, you could turn down the beat. But, you know, if you leave them a little bit of room, it makes their life a little bit easier as far as audio quality. Um, but sadly, you know, a lot of people don't even think about that when they're listening they just want it to hit uh yeah. but in terms of like other genres of music you know you don't need your 808 to smack just as hard um especially if you want to get you know more into like the alternative rock or like the hip-hop type of stuff or not hip-hop sorry the uh pop type of stuff so a couple of different ways to look at it but some good practices to start with definitely would be gain staging yeah so do you like to kind of like do a, a sub mix where you've got like your drums and your, your bass mm -hmm. as a sub mix and then go into your main mix bus or yeah. Is there any other ways that you like to do that? I, so I have a, I have, you know, like a whole drum bus of, of my sounds that are usually my go-tos. Um, and then my, my 808 channels right under that. And then I'll definitely, once I'm kind of really getting, especially for client stuff where there's a lot more stuff going on maybe than I would have going on in a beat, um, I'll put it in mono, right? I'll put the whole thing in mono and I'll really listen to it like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like taking it away are fine, but can't, you know, where's the melody or where's the hi-hats or where's the snare? Um, and then adjust levels accordingly. So I definitely kind of have like a set rhythm and routine for my drums just because I have, you know, I have my my rack of drums already set to go. But after that, you know, you got to find where the things fit into place. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, uh, that probably helps with your, your workflow. You've kind of got some things that are mm -hmm. pretty reliable. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess if you want to tweak them or swap out a few samples, but you've kind of got like a template set, so you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I noticed that you, um, 
on your link tree, you release beats on, um, mm-hmm. I don't remember what the website is, but you re- release beats on one of these oh, beat stars? websites. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you've got quite a, quite a lot of them. You're very prolific. So you can produce a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of creative output. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, how's that experience been for you? Just doing things like that. Um, beats and beat sales are cool. Um, it's definitely not like a main source of income. Yeah. Um, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's here and there. It's super sporadic. Um, but yeah, like I said, like, you know, three years ago when I started making beats on my own, cause I had, I had Fruity Loops back in 2011 for maybe six months to a year, yeah. but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, funny enough, one of those, one of those beats is still up on, on my SoundCloud. It's like the first one ever, but, uh, I was just putting stuff up on, on SoundCloud. And so now there's, I think it's like five, four or 500 beats. Um, and it was just practice for me. And then, so over time, beat stars was a natural progression, but it's honestly just one of those things where, you know, if there's ever somebody shopping and they want to buy an exclusive for whatever reason, it's there, yeah. you know, leases are cool. Um, but a lot of times those leases and such only happen from connections, just from connecting with artists. Um, and a lot of times when the artist has a, has a relatively big, you know, Spotify monthly listener base and stuff, I'll, you know, I'll give them the beats for, for splits. So, um, you know, in exchange for, you know, a splitting 50 or a hundred thousand streams or whatever it turns out to be with the track. Um, I'm not charging them up front for it. It's not just their beat. It's not their exclusive beat. Um, but that's kind of been more what's worked for me, especially over the past few months to get, to get stuff going with artists is just offering them stuff that they're feeling when they take the time to go through my SoundCloud catalog. Um, they can always get through the beat stars too. There's just, you know, there's about 10% of all of my beats are on my, on my beat stars at this point. And SoundCloud has everything. That's cool. That's cool. So are you doing, are you doing music full time? Has this evolved into a full time gig for you? Yeah. Um, about four months ago or so, um, I was able to step away from Uber Eats and do this. Um, but that wasn't without, um, starting to take on like full-time consulting and marketing clients that I was teaching how to build their social media to help influence their music and bring more listeners and streams and mm. just better networking to their music. So um, that's what kind of made it a little bit more stable. So, you know, instead of relying on beat sales, kit sales, mixing work and all that stuff, um, getting about, you know, seven or eight guys under my belt from January until now has made it more, more of a sustainable full-time type of thing. So you got a, a couple of things you're doing. So the one is the social media presence. Mm-hmm. You're also doing, you, you sell on beat stars, but mm-hmm. that's not your main source of income. You have mm-hmm. splits on Spotify where you, uh, you'll make the beat and the artists will kind of do something with it. And, you know, if mm-hmm. they're big artists, so you've got multiple revenue streams here. So it's a really, it's a really cool, uh, business model you've got going on, Josh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot more sustainable than it used to be. Um, when I was just trying to sell, you know, I'll sell loop kits every now and then, or, but mixing work is a big part of it too. And, Mm. um, that's, you know, that's for me, that's the most challenging, but it's also the thing that pushes me the most to be a better engineer, because once you level up your mixes, then, you know, your work is a little bit more sought after. Um, so, you know, when you combine it all together, it's cool, but I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off back in December, January, trying to 
delivery full time, being on my phone, selling kits, following up with people about beat leases, following up with people about mixing, and and uh, you know, so I've kind of streamlined it and get to pick and choose a bit. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's just it's one of those things where it's like, you know, one aspect of the business slows down. You got to figure out how to how to drum up work in another area, or you know, guitar lessons. Even I got a guy doing guitar lessons with every week right now, and just make it how you can make it yeah that's awesome man yeah it's uh sounds like you got your hands full for sure but uh, i think it's really cool that you're doing that yeah 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 so you're releasing your own music right now you're releasing Mm -hmm. eps and full-length albums Mm -hmm. is that what would be ideal for you um i always like to say at the end of the day i would love like you know, if there was, if there was some bigger artists that I was connected and plugged in with that had me making stuff for them exclusively as far as beats or solely wanted my, my guitar work and I could be in a studio session type of environment. Um, like I said, mixing is cool. That's probably the biggest challenge to it, but yeah, man, I would love to just, you know, I mean, if if I was doing millions of streams a month on Spotify and, you know, being able to start playing shows in certain markets because the millions of streams a month on Spotify is cool, but it's, can you go to a place and pull a hundred kids out, you know, or 200 kids out. Um, and then merchandise and all that stuff too. That would be awesome. But you know, it's just, it's a slow grind and a slow build to even get, you know, five people to want to buy your product or whatever it may be. So, you know, I've always imagined in my head and pictured it like, you know, just work on beats and sell exclusives to artists that I love that are doing hundreds and millions of streams. And yeah, sure. Um, But, you know, I've also really learned that building with other artists that are up and coming that I just like their sound in general, there's always, you know, a pretty big key there too, because you don't know. I mean, if from me as a listener's perspective, if I can see the potential in their music, you know, something could could go off because so does the world you know so um just kind of having having your hands in as many different pies as possible but still being able to be focused on what needs to get done on a daily basis yeah that's awesome man that's awesome so you mentioned the guitar stuff uh you mentioned that you've got a lot of trap influence now if you could explore anything in music what would it be stylistically um, I mean, I would love to have like a group of guys that I make music with again, um, in like a band setting, you know, um, I think because, you know, before the band that I was in for whatever, six, seven years that I started with my friend growing up, I was always way more of a backseat role type of thing with that. I was just for the most part rhythm guitarist. And maybe if I was lucky, you get to play like a solo with octaves or whatever, but I wasn't that proficient with, you know, all the extra stuff i was just a solid rhythm guitarist so i'd love to like revisit that again because i got a couple friends that are doing bands and stuff and i see it and i hear the music and i'm like man like i just had one other guy that i could just you know make stuff with and and put songs out with and and mesh with that would that would be fun and enjoyable but you know obviously the pandemic and i'm 30 years old now i'm married and you know we got my wife has a you know grooming salon business and there's other things going on too. So it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose where you're spending your time. But, you know, I would love to, I would love to have a project with, with somebody um, where we're collaboratively making music, writing lyrics and singing songs. 
that's a that's a fun experience, isn't it? Yeah, being able to just work with somebody and and even to just just play live in front of just you can't explain it to anybody who hasn't done it, man. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Like yeah, just when you're like when you're gelling and just making and jamming and making something, and yeah. you're like, yo, like some of the best songs that I've ever made of people were took an hour or two in a garage and it was done. Yeah, and it was some of the favorite stuff by you know the the people that listen to our music. That's great, man. Could you see a live setup that incorporates some of this technology in the DAW somehow? Yeah, I mean, it's always cool to think about. Um, but then, you know, I, I look at the guys, and, and this could be an excuse, but I look at the guys that do it, like, to full scale, any type of DJ or, like, you know, people who are really just running off of Ableton and playing live guitar and vocals and stuff over it. Um, they usually have redundant backup setups. So they have other laptops in case things go down or other hard drives in case things go down. Um, Good point. And so for me, I just, I know my CPU on my laptop <laughs> is not, it's not, <laughs> it, it works. It works for what I needed to. Right. But the second, you know, I start, I start putting more than two fab filters, you know, <laughs> on a track or, or you, you start learning ways to tweak around it. But like this last, I have a, a mix I'm working on for a client right now. And he's got, you know, which is great, you know, a, a solid on his chorus, four or five full vocal tracks in addition to his verses and his other verses and his pre-chorus. And so I had to get the mix down of the instrumental solid so I could bounce that out to a wave and just work on his vocals over that. Um, and so there's there's ways to get around the CPU issues, but, you know, it's always nice to think about but then i think about a day like today in california where it's 95 degrees being on a black stage with a laptop <laughs> in the sun and i'm like bro like that thing will fry like i mean that that's a whole different thing it's fun it sounds fun but yeah. you know you really need to make sure that your your uh hardware is in good working order so you can successfully do something like that without like oh well, yeah there you go sorry yeah laptop over here yeah absolutely absolutely so so you're doing a lot of mixing work for artists. Mm -hmm. Did you have any formal training as a mix engineer or anything like that? Um, so I started really offering my services from a mixing standpoint about probably a little over a year ago. Um, and I was just doing like, you know, I would, I would say it was, this was back then, right? 50 bucks for a mix. And then every Wednesday, this is in the middle of quarantine. So nothing was going on. I would just be like, all right, 25 bucks. I'll do your mixes for 25 bucks. And just learning, you know, just learning how to make a vocal sit over the instrumental track and learning what a bad vocal take sounds like. Not even like, um, like voice wise, just like, yo, like turn your fan off. Like, hey, like your fish tank shouldn't be yeah. on. Like those, hey, there's a lot of reverb from the room. I can't take that out um, well, you know, and making it sound good. And just really learning like what, you know, just a proper vocal take sounds like. And so I did that for a while. And then, uh, like I said, I started taking actual like lessons and weekly courses and classes and uh, learning what to do and what not to do and just how to make the process quicker and seamless and there's a lot of real basic stuff you can learn from tutorials like mic distance that's a huge one where to sing into into a mic um you know just very very basic stuff that you can do to get a clean vocal take um but outside of that man you know there's there's a lot of tips and tricks that you can learn sitting down with somebody is a preferred way if you can learn from a tutorial more power to you but um having somebody actually be like yo like let me see your limiter. And they're like, yeah, okay, no, 
scratch everything that you've been doing for the last year. Like, not that it was bad because it hit, but let's make it a little bit easier. Um, you know, like I was saying for the artists so that they're not having to push their vocals so hard over a, a bricked, a bricked wave file. Everything's way in the red. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you know, when you see it, <laughs> but see, that's the thing too, though. Cause there's a lot of people that that's what they want. You know, they want that beat hitting really, really hard and their vocal is there, but it's not as prominent. And, and that's why I say like, I like learning kind of like from the style of a pop perspective because you get a clean mix that hits well. And honestly, like a lot of the stuff you hear on TikTok and stuff nowadays, it's mixed a little bit more that way. And it's not just slamming the limiter um, where it's super, super loud. So there's, there's a, you know, a time and a place for everything, but if you've got an artist who just wants it to hit, all right, cool, man, like throw everything out the window and let's just slam that limiter. And there's your beat that's max. Well, can you talk to me a little bit about um, since you're, since you're doing all these things mm-hmm. out of the home studio, can you talk to me a little bit about your home studio setup? Yeah. Um, so for, you know, a long time, it was just my, my laptop and, and my headphones. And then once I started making a little bit of money during quarantine, I finally got uh, some Rocket 8s off Craigslist. Um, and my room's not treated or anything. It's just, it's just really, it's just a hangout spot with the desk. And then I got the vinyls on the wall. Um, and then I, when I hit 10K, I actually gave my monitors away because I wanted to give back to, to the people. Um, and ever since then, man, it's just been references off of the laptop speakers. And then I have nice Sennheiser or, uh, sorry, Bayer, Bayer dynamic DT 70, which get the job done. Um, and then, you know, like everybody's favorite test is the car test, right? I got a solid, um, I got a solid car system in, in my car. Um, I have an Alpine system, so it, it works. Um, and then it's always fun to you know, play it in like my sister's Honda Civic and be like, yo, like this is a whole different story that I'm hearing in here. But uh yeah, I mean, so I had the whole, you know, speakers, big speakers, fancy things. And I was like, man, I don't need these. They add so much color too, which is cool because it can hit. Um, I don't really have people in the studio. You know, I don't really have because it's it's here at home. Um we live with my parents and uh it's you know, I'm not trying to have a bunch of random rappers pay 50 bucks an hour to be at my parents' house. I've had friends. I've had friends. I mean, and, I'm sure most of them are very nice people, but you know, yeah, you no, gotta, yeah. you know, get to know people first before you invite them over to mom and dad's house. Right. And it's, and it's business up front, you know, it's like, all right, you know, you just pay and move on. And you know, just, it just, I've not, that's not to say I haven't had people here because I have, but you know, I've known them to some extent, or they've been family friends that have made music or whatever. Um, and so it's just, you know, and I know that that's an aspect that I could get into if I wanted to. Um, but you know, it's just, there's just so a little bit too much precious stuff going on here for me to just, you know, yeah. make a quick hundred bucks and, you know, just send me your, send me your vocal stems and I'll mix it for you. You know? Yeah. 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 Mom and dad might, might be like, what are all the random people doing here all the time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're honestly like their friends rates are probably better than, than mine anyways, because, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, um, as far as like mixing time or not mixing time, but recording time and stuff. So, um, you know, I'll gladly mix it and get you a yeah. quality mix and, we can, but you know. 
go our several ways. What's cool about what you said, though, is that you're listening on the laptop speakers, you're listening on the headphones, Mm -hmm. you're listening in your car, listening in your sister's car. And so that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of good mix engineers do is that they listen to the song on a lot Mm -hmm. of different systems and they check it to make sure Mm -hmm. that it sounds good on all of those systems. So I think that's really cool, man. And I think it just goes to show you that you don't have to have uh, the the best gear or the world's most expensive setup to to make good music because you do make some very high quality music uh, for sure. So, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Lots of references. So can you tell me a little bit about the difference between making a beat versus making a full length Mm -hmm. release track um like you mean like a song like with lyrics and vocals and such even an instrumental song yeah uh i mean honestly like for me the process has been a little bit like you know as far as beat tapes and stuff um that i put out on on spotify and stuff um i've only you know made stuff and then i'll come back to soundcloud and be like all right which of these three four six tracks gel and make sense together or like or ones that i've gravitated to and really liked listening to myself um and then once i get a solid number together i'm like all right cool submit it you know i don't even question it because everything that i posted to soundcloud is quality is is of is is of good enough quality for me to be like all right cool if somebody heard this it would be good enough that they could be willing to buy it. You know what I mean? Um, but adding vocals to something is like, that's a whole nother beast. Um, I've, I've been recording a few more songs lately too, actually, just to like get more familiar with my voice and just more practice, honestly, as far as vocal mixing. Um, and that's, first of all, it's a lot more layers. Um, and it's nice to do when you have the beat done yourself because you have access to all of the tracks that you recorded and you can turn things down accordingly or up. Um, and then just making that vocal gel with the instrumental. I think that's probably one of the hardest things that people have trouble with is they're just like, oh, it just needs to be on top of it. It's like, yeah, but like you might want a moment where the instrumental shines through a little bit more or you might, you know, there's you might want a vocal throw with a bunch of reverb on it here because it gels with the transition and then it goes into the verse. And it's, there's a lot of different things to think about when you're adding vocals to stuff. Um, but you know, it's, it's entirely different beast than a beat. You know, beats are cool. Beats are fun. Give me an hour and a half and I'll make you a beat. But um, yeah, the, the vocal mixing process and making a song that, makes sense with the melody that you have and and the the feel of the melody and the whole beat in general like that's that's something that you got to sit there and you got to figure out yourself and you got to make it work you know you got to get you got to hear it and be like yeah like that's not great and then you slowly start to get better um and just getting comfortable with your voice that's such a big thing too yeah do you anticipate doing a lot more work where you do some singing yourself then yeah i want to um I've, I've, I've sent out, you know, plenty of things to, to friends and family just to get a reference and and a feel for what they think. And, um, I've been writing stuff off and on since 2011. So that kind of comes second nature to me. It's just really finding a comfortable range for my voice and then just being able to push my voice and, and really hit, you know, 
ranges that it's like, you know, I'm not whispering and in, into the microphone because my sister is next door in the other room. Um, and you know, that's, that's a whole separate thing too, but, um, yeah, definitely. I, I don't, you know, I'm not for me, I'm, I'm just a real big person. It's like, I made it, I want to put it out. I don't like holding on to stuff, obviously through so many songs that I've put out already, but, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm like, you know, just put it out there, see what happens, you know, see what people are feeling. And, and the couple of times that I put snippets of my vocal stuff, even just on Twitter in general for people to hear, they'd be like, yeah, like actually like surprised, you know, pleasantly surprised. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely want to spend some more time with these couple other songs, but I do want to put a, a three song EP out there just because, you know, I'm, I don't want to be wasting my own time with what That's I've great, been, man. been doing. That's great. I love that. Yeah what do you think are some of the things that inspire you creatively? Um, I'm not, I'm not making these questions easy for you. Am I? Josh? Creatively. <laughs> no, but it's, it's good. It's good. Um, you know, I think, I think for me, what, what resonates with me when I hear stuff from artists is like, okay, of course, like the love songs are cool. Like the poppy, you know, I'm so in love like that. Okay. Yeah. But like, let's be honest. Like, outside of like, you know, like a dating phase when things are good, obviously, because everybody's happy and they just started dating. That's fine. And like, people want to hear stuff like that, but it's like, okay, now you've been together for a year or now you've been married for a year. It's like, what's like, obviously you don't want to put all your dirty laundry out there, but it's like, how are you really feeling? Like what's really going on? What's the real stuff in life that like people want to hear about and people can resonate with? Because like, if you're honest, like for me, the songs that I've always come back to like in times of like trouble or turmoil in my life are like always like the heartbreak songs or the pain songs or the emotional songs. And um, that's not to say that like life sucks because it doesn't always suck, but it does have its sucky moments and being able to resonate with people. But then at the end of the day, being able to like give a little bit of like of a message of like hope and like, there's something, there is better stuff out there besides just that kind of, you know, stuff to pull from. But um it's fun though. It's fun to go back and forth, especially in songs with like, like things are good, but this sucks. And this is, you know, and it's like that, that pool and like that ebb and that flow. Um, but being able to like find those moments and especially when it matches with the instrumental, like when everything's banging and booming, like in a verse, it's like, you can kind of pull that stuff out. Then you bring it down to a bridge where it's just kind of like the melody. And then you can kind of get into like the deeper things. And then the chorus, which hooks people's attention and all these different things. But, songwriting is like if i could get into songwriting like actually into songwriting people that would be super enjoyable for me um i did it once in the middle of quarantine with my wife's friend she came over and recorded a song and i helped her write the lyrics and stuff and you know it was it was a good time it was a good song and she was a really good singer but i really like doing stuff like that with people you know where it's like a collaborative process and you're making a song together and it's not just one person's idea or whatever and funny enough like she had just gotten married, but we made a heartbreak song and she thought it was funny. And my wife was in there too. And we all kind of had like a laugh about it, but like, that's just kind of yeah. what came out, you know, because there's a lot to pull from yeah, in, those, that's cool. in those areas. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying, you know, one of the things that inspires you is just the, that relatability to real life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the bubblegum stuff is cool, but like, yeah. you know, even a lot, I, I hear a lot of Ariana Grande stuff cause my wife likes her a lot. And like, it's not all, yeah like fun and games yeah, for sure that's awesome man that's awesome so tell me a little bit about um you're starting off a new project and you're looking at kind of a blank slate mm -hmm. what do you like to do to get an idea off the ground um 
a lot of times, like just what I've been doing lately is I'll just go back to instrumentals that nobody else has touched. Um, and I'll be like, all right, like what kind of feeling is this evoking? And I'll just start writing, you know, based off of the, uh, the mood of the, the instrumental and the melody. Um, and then I'll just let it go from there, you know, and then I'll just kind of, you mean old instrumentals that you've written in the past? Um, I mean, I haven't recently, I've just been using like whatever I've made lately that I've just kind of put out there and, you know, if people have heard them cool, but just beats that I've made that I'm just kind of sitting on that are on SoundCloud and, and even like guitar stuff, a lot of guitar stuff that I've been working on lately that I've made beats too. I'll finish the beat real quick and then I'll work on the the vocal aspect. Okay. So you're saying you would have put out like a beat or something instrumental in the past Mm -hmm. and your beats are probably going to tend to be more Mm -hmm. drum and bass focused. Not that there's not other elements in there because there are, but they're a little more simple. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then you like coming back to them later. Now you're, now you're kind of developing them by adding more melody or adding vocals and layers of Mm -hmm. vocals. Exactly. Yeah. So just coming back to it and and seeing like, yo, like I want to put something to this. I like this, you know, maybe another artist hasn't found it to like lease it or whatever which is fine but how can i like you're saying add another layer to it man i love that do you have any um favorite plugins that you like to work with for sound design um for sound design uh i i i'll use addictive keys when i'm like sitting there on the midi and just making progressions and stuff um but uh addictive keys is a big one I'll use RC20 sometimes, um, but I just like finding, like, especially with guitar, like, I, I, I tweeted last week, like, um, the best guitar VST is, like, a guitar <laughs> player, um, and it's just, like... That's very true. I don't know, like, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just fun to, like, jam out, like, on the guitar, or, like, on the piano or whatever. Um, I've started to sample a lot more yeah. lately. There's been some some guys off of TikTok that I really like their sound, the, their instruments, and just ripping that and just manipulating it and um, making it mesh with like other synths and stuff and just blend. Um, and that for me has always been super creative. I actually sampled. I got my record player like on the on the on the desk the other day, and I hooked it up again, and I sampled uh, "Come Together" by the Beatles, and it's so obscure, like even. You know, only my wife could tell because I just played sampled out the solo on its own without the beat. She's like, oh, yeah, for sure. But play it all together. You can't even tell stuff like that. Super cool to me Um, and just super creative and some of the most challenging and frustrating stuff to do, because it's just like, what am I doing? Like you come to points where you're just like, what am I making? Like this is like sometimes you don't like it too much and and then you go back and tweak. But the final result is always something enjoyable to come back to. But uh I just like being creative with it, you know, just using all the tools that are at my disposal to make stuff. That's awesome, man. And obligatory disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't comment on the sampling, but I think that playing with samples is awesome. Yeah, Um, no. Just the the creative process and all the things that you can do with them. It's crazy. and But see, that's the thing, though, like, but like if that one got picked up and that was the beat that just blew up yeah. and it was like a lucid dreams type situation yeah. where, you know, sting got most of the royalties or whatever. Um, fine, fine by me. Like, cool. It still got my name out there and like kickstarted the career or whatever, as far as, yeah. you know, producing or songwriting or whatever. 
Um, so I'm not tripping, you know, I'll give credit where it's due. If so. And that's the thing too, like, because I've had SoundCloud take stuff down for remixes that I've done of acapellas that I've thrown over. The only time that happened and I've had issues with it because I have a playlist of like 40 remixes that I've done, 50 Cent, uh, Post Malone, Travis Scott, like all these, you know, huge people. I've done, I've done Juice World stuff too, but when I used the Lucid Dreams acapella, they took that down so fast because sting has his copyright claims in there too and so for whatever reason that was just something that just got ripped down real quick but um i mean for the most part like you just put it up there it's fun to play with samples though it's like all the different creative processes you can do i mean just oh yeah everything from oh yeah distorting and reamping to granular synthesis and time stretching yeah yeah i love just doing that kind of stuff messing with it yeah that's some of the funnest stuff to do and that's the heart of producing too right because back with the turntable and just cutting and taking drum breaks and melodies and vocal chops and that's that's how it all started yeah it really is man it really is i mean that's very foundational element of of hip-hop yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. so you want to collaborate with other artists yeah Tell me a little bit more about what, what kind of artists you want to collaborate with. Really had your choice. Um, so I really like personally appreciate a lot of guys that can mm-hmm. not just rap, but add melodic elements to it too. Um, so a little bit of singing, right? Um, not saying you got to be like the greatest singer in the world. Um, but I, I like I like the blending of the two. And that's probably because one of like my favorite groups growing up was um was lincoln park oh yeah i love that love that group um and so that's obviously a very big blend of rapping and singing um and i just i just like bringing the two worlds together um but i also do like just like having a singer who can sing and crafting something melodically that they can get on too i think that's a really a really like overlooked skill too as far as just people who straight sing um because they need something that they can be feeling and they think that they can add to as well. So it's can't always be super busy or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, you know, when I'm checking out people's stuff and we're all, I think a lot of us are this way in the first 30 seconds, we're going to know if we like something or not. Um, and so if I'm like, yeah, like, okay, cool. This is, this has potential. Like, this is good. I like this aspect of this. I'll reach out and I always genuinely want to work and whether or not something comes from it or when something does, whether or not it comes to releasing right away, all very different aspects of the game. Um, but for me, man, you bet that I'm putting that thing on SoundCloud in a private link and I'm listening to it myself after a song is created, you know, whether or not it comes out right away or whatever. Um, that's great. So, yeah, I mean, and that's just the musical enjoyment for me of it. What do you think is the secret to finishing tracks? for you i don't think too much about it like i've i and i think that's probably just because i've i've made melodies for such a long time at this point like nine years of making stuff on my own um and just looper pedal videos of me with my amp and guitar and just like all right cool it's done like i'll i'll make a beat you know i'll add a few extra additional elements to it like you know maybe percussion wise or whatever and just to give it some more flavor and then that's it like i'm not I'm not sitting there like for me a lot of the times like you know I and I haven't done this longer than it's not like I've done been doing this for 10 or 20 years some of my friends have been doing it for 10 years but like a lot of times man it's like if, if I put it on SoundCloud it's good 
unless there's like something that really stands out in the mix and I use the different kick drum and it's really boomy and I'm like, yeah, let me come back to this and like tweak a little bit. But besides that, you know, if it's up, it's up, you know, and, and I don't question it. Um, I put something out there the other day on Twitter too, saying like, don't preface your music before you show it to anybody, especially if, if you're an artist. Um, you know, when you show it to your friends, family, people on Twitter or whatever, don't say this is an unmixed rough version, you know, still needs ad libs and I got to redo the second verse it's like that. Let them decide if they like the song that you're asking them to check out because they'll be honest with you. But if you're putting all these things in their head, then they're going to be like, oh, OK, well, obviously this isn't up to par like this is it's not finished, you know, and they don't need to know all that. Just play it for them and just see how they react. Um, and a lot of people are, you know, would just be like, oh, it's, it's unmixed. It's a rough verse. Like, oh, bro, like, let the people decide, like, let, let, the, let them decide like that, that, you know, like, I like that. And yeah, you know, yeah. hear a bunch of different stuff. I've heard from people that my beat sound too professional and they want more gritty and more dirty and more distorted and more yeah. clipping sounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all it's just fine. different tastes at this point, isn't it? It really is. So really let me is. let me dive deep here into the writing process. Um, you don't have a problem finishing tracks. You've been doing this mm-hmm. a long time. You've got a lot of creative output. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a good thought process for creating different song sections? So maybe you've got an A section and a B section, for instance. Mm-hmm. What's, what's kind of your thought process between mm-hmm. one section and another? I like um, I like gelling the two like together with a theme. So like, you know, like I was saying, like, okay, yeah, that first verse might be like a little darker, a little bit sadder, but then like the second verse can be like, you know, I, I think on one of my recent ones, it was like, like being in like a dark tunnel, but then there still is a little bit of light at the end and that's what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like coming through the process of like the hurt and the pain and seeing the things on the other side of that. Um, and then a lot of times too, like my hooks or my choruses will be like kind of like motivational or like encouraging things I'm saying to myself to push myself through the hard times or like the pain. Um, and that's just kind of been like a, a motivation, like for me in my life in general, just, just to wake up every day and be a motivated, you know, engaging and, and a relational person is, you know, to just like declarations and affirmations and thankfulness and just things that I've worked into my daily life and routine for the past few years now. Um, but, you know, without those things, it makes life a little bit harder. So, you know, taking all the help that I can get, honestly. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, it sounds like music can be very uh, therapeutic in a way. Yeah. For sure. But I don't even think I could be in a headspace to create healthily without having my yeah. head in a good space yeah. before that, you know, yeah. or a better space. Do you visualize a lot when you're writing a track? I think as I'm writing it, yeah, like the actual lyrics. Yeah. You're talking about like kind of pushing through the dark to the light. You know, I just, yeah. I noticed that some artists, they, they really kind of have like a vision for, mm-hmm. you know, what their, their writing process is. And it sounds like maybe there's a little bit of that in, in your process as well. It's just curious. Yeah, I definitely like can see it as I'm writing it for sure. Like in the phone, as I'm typing it, like it, it becomes clearer. Um, but I like that like spur of the moment, you know, conscious thread type of thing, honestly. Um, you know, cause I've, there's, tons of things that I've written on my phone that I never recorded. Um, 
so like when I sit down with the track, I like to actually like, you know, where I'm at, what am I feeling? And I often surprise myself with some of the things that I start talking about. Um, but I think it's good. And I think that's the therapeutic aspect of it too. Um, but I think one of the big things too, and this is why I'm so big on putting my stuff, my stuff out in general is like, yeah, like you put it down and it's on a track, but it's not released to the world for the world to pull something from or get something from or to enjoy or speak to. Um, and I think that's a, th- another big aspect of, of, yeah. of the whole song that's creation great, project, process too. So you mentioned you, you like to kind of keep notes on your phone. You get an idea for something. Is that what you were saying? Um, I mean, I won't, I, I'll just start writing as I hear it, you know, um, like, do you like sing, sing, a, sing a melody and a voice memos or something or that'll happen sometimes, but like, usually I'll like okay. load up an instrumental that I'm working on or a beat. And then I'll just start writing to it as I kind of hear the flow or the cadence or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, but a lot of times, like, the the hook melody will, like, come to me as I get up to that section of the song, and then I'll just, you know, record it or record it a couple times and then um, stack on it after. But I like to get – I've noticed that I like to get through the whole song before I come back and start adding, like, ad-libs or doubles or, you know, extra vocal layers to the, the harmony singing parts or whatever. Um, I just like to get the whole stream, like, of consciousness out awesome. before I – go back and start tweaking stuff awesome because i like to like capture it super and, cool man and run with it well hey man i'm gonna start wrapping up so you can get back to your family i know you got things to do but um <laughs> the garage sale <laughs> hot now hey you gotta get gotta get that out while it's in the summertime right right yeah well, apparently it was a good day though they're doing free vaccinations right around the corner from the house so i think we got even more people than normal <laughs> hey, there you go that's right? marketing man that's marketing so actually no that's a, couldn't even plan it that's great man like so that reminds me do you have any quick tips for people that are trying to build a social media following because your mm-hmm. twitter freaking cracks me up like every day <laughs> I want to like retweet like everything that you put out, man. Yeah. So tips, um, (laughs) definitely be yourself. Um, I obviously like a lot of times when, when I do stuff like this, people will be like, Oh, you have to have like tweets drafted. Well, it's like, no, like I don't never, I I, ever, ever. Like I just think of something and I tweet it. Um, it's Twitter. Like it's in the name of the app. Like a tweet is like what a bird does. And you kind of hear those all day long. And then sometimes you'll notice them and sometimes you won't. And like, if you don't just throw stuff out there and retweet your stuff and see what resonates with people, like you're, you're never going to start building that. Also to that point too, though, I've had people straight up ask me like, how come my engagement tweets don't get engagement? It's like, well, are you engaging with people to begin with? Like, and I've, I keep coming back to this quote, but like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So it's like, why are they going to care to come to your page or see your tweet and engage with it if you've never said anything to them or contributed to their conversation or retweeted their tweets or shared their music or talked to them in the DMs. Like a lot of this is just a talking game. You know, I can't tell you how many times throughout the day, I don't scroll the timeline too much, but like when I see like friends of mine or people I've connected with, when I see their tweets, like I'll just, I'll drop a comment on it just to like join the conversation or to share my two cents or whatever, just something real quick or a like or a retweet or whatever it may be. That's one of the biggest, the biggest parts to it um in the back uh is definitely sharing you know 
sharing experiences with people, building relationships, and then that helps to build your, you know, profile, your presence or your page. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So sounds like in a lot of ways you're saying be genuine, be oh, a yeah. real person and, yeah. and connect with people. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent of that. Okay. Last question, man. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's just starting out as a bedroom producer? Make a lot of music and just have fun and, and put it out there. You know, I, if you're not confident enough to like put stuff on SoundCloud and stuff, like I, I understand that perspective, but at the very least, then you should be posting snippets of your stuff for people to check out um, and just make, make music. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be mixed, you know, exceptionally well necessarily, unless um, maybe that's, maybe you're just that good, but just make music, put it out there, see how people think. And like I was saying, just, just be yourself, just, put the stuff out there because you don't know how people are going to resonate with it until you do love it love it man dude thanks so much for making the time to chat with me today yeah good conversation it's fun that was a fantastic interview with josh be sure to check him out on instagram and twitter at josh on the beat that's josh j-a-w-s-h you can also find him on spotify Josh Crespo, and be sure to check out his latest releases, Clouds and Skies, on Spotify. What I love about Josh is that he says, just go for it, put something out, and make it happen. It reminds me a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's thought process. Gary's always saying, learn as you go. And Josh has been very successful as a result of this. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to the show as much as I enjoyed making it. If you did, please subscribe to the show and consider leaving us a positive review as well. Until next time, my name is Chip, and this is the Bedroom Producing Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. For more content like this, visit bedroomproducing.com.